0: it's been a crazy week it's been an exhausting week and in many ways it's been a very entertaining week all of it that I want to talk about is in the legal world and that means I have to get our friend Wendy Patrick here she is the attorney author public speaker and just all-around star I I couldn't believe how much time you were on Court TV on Friday and uh, God knows, are they going to give you your own show, Wendy Patrick? Welcome back.
1: Oh, uh, Thank you. You know, um, I record everything at, at such an ungodly hour in the morning because, of course, it's always on a separate time zone. Um, it, it's amazing how much we can pack into one day. Mike, I think you do exactly the same thing.
0: Well, sure. You know, I, I Wendy, I get my drive from a veteran I met about 15 years ago and she had lost both her legs below the knee in Afghanistan or Iraq, I forget which one, uh, in with an IED that went off. But she runs marathons now to raise money for wells in parts of the world where people don't have running water. And I thought, my God, you know, this lady gave up parts of her body to serve this country. They put in those prosthetic legs that look like, you know, spatulas. And she runs 26.2 miles several times a year. And I asked her, how do you find the energy and the strength? And she said, well, the more you do, the more you can do. And amen to
1: that. I think you and I can both attest to living that mantra, can't we?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we can. So, uh, Wendy, before I get into my questions, you were covering the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, which... I have to admit, I initially was a little skeptical of how important this might be, but then uh, many people, uh, it, women like yourself, convinced me that this was um, the not the Me Too moment, but the Mister Too moment uh, for for the guys, or maybe it's Men Too moment. And so I've been I've been popping in and out and feeling like it's a guilty pleasure, me listening to this so um did do, do you have a, a basic update for me where are we kind of
1: i'm still trying to get past the guilty pleasure only you and i and other uh, politicos and court watchers would think that watching a bit of a trial is a guilty pleasure most people think the ice cream in the back of the fridge is the guilty pleasure of the day
0: <laughs> yeah i know but i feel like i feel yeah, like i try to be so serious i can relate
1: to your question though um, <laughs> So following it this week has been interesting because I know that the first uh, however many days that we were covering, it became a little monotonous at times when you had Depp on the stand for four days and then Amber Heard took the stand and then everybody took a break. But it sounds like it's ramping up a bit because closing arguments are set for, uh, for next Friday. Both sides have to be done. Remember, they were both given time limits. And then it's going to go to the jury. And that's when things are really going to get interesting behind the scenes. Because lately it sounds like the name of the game is corroboration. Remember, these are dueling narratives by Johnny and Amber, and it's a matter of who you believe. But my cases are never, he said, she said. It's about what does the rest of the evidence corroborate? which version and so that's what the balance of the case has been about so it'll be interesting to see uh, who the jury believes not necessarily in terms of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard but whose testimony was corroborated the best that's a lawyer's answer. I'm sure that drama is what a, uh, a court watcher's answer would give you. But I think there's a little of everything in this trial over the last couple of weeks.
0: You're right about that. But I also want to acknowledge and tell you how much I appreciate the fact that you pronounced that word correctly. So many people mispronounce corroborate. And I don't know what's tough about corroborate. I hear people... I'm not sure how else you would say it. Oh, pay attention because you'll hear this now. And you'll hear it everywhere (laughs) and you'll blame me because you'll get irritated. But people like to say corroborate. And I'm like, where is the W in that word? I don't know where that sneaks in there. It's corroborate. And I thank you for getting it correctly. Not once, but twice and maybe three times. So um th- this is all about whether or not the testimony matches with the actual hard evidence and then that's handed to the jury we'll have closing statements next Friday so that means I better get my uh guilty pleasure viewing in as much as I can <laughs> next week I, I you know I would be paying attention to another trial it's the Michael uh the Sussman trial the guy that was uh, Clintons for Clinton's campaign's former lawyer. But there's no feed. Right? There's no feed on that. There's no court TV coverage of it inside the courtroom. We have to rely on transcripts. You can't even dial in and hear it. So you can't blame me for liking this one. And I, I'm glad you have the inside track on it.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny, the Chessman trial is, um, it's interesting, but not in the same way that the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial is. That's about toxic relationships, and almost everyone can relate to being exposed, being in, hearing about, a toxic relationship. It's almost been an embarrassing to listen to the testimony over the course of the last couple of weeks. It, you, you feel bad for them, you feel bad for the relationship, but the drama involved there is very different than the issues that are being discussed in the Durham case. And so I really think um, that when it comes to the Sussman allegations and what ends up coming out of that case, you're right, it's private, it's more you know behind closed doors, but I have a feeling politically it's going to be just as interesting in the long run when we finally found out what's going on. By the way, it's the first time anybody ever saw John Durham. I mean, that's interesting in and of itself, isn't it?
0: Well, it is. And I was talking to my friend Tracy Beans earlier this week, and... And she said, we finally got a new picture of John Durham. And I said, yeah, but it looks like the old pictures that we've had forever. <laughs> <And> she, <laughs> I think it's the only picture that's out there. That's why. <laughs> that's, probably. That's very true. That's a good observation. All right. Keeping it in the courtroom, Wendy, I have to talk to you about this case out of New York about Happy the Asian Elephant, who is being uh, represented in court by humans who are trying to get Happy the Asian Elephant um identified or granted personhood and and this just baffles the mind that we have a a panel of judges in new york i guess we solved every other crime problem in new york if we're now arguing about personhood for an elephant at the bronx zoo how does this even happen
1: yeah, you know, I've been following this case with, uh, this has been my guilty pleasure of the week, is uh, following the uh, is an elephant a person case. Uh, and part of that has to do with, you know, if we were to have pitched this as an actual court case 20 years ago, nobody would have believed it. I have to say that when I first read the headline, I thought, you know, it's I'm not surprised that this is where we've ended up. I think probably one of the most interesting parts of this is the comparison and the fact that they're actually looking at how similar an elephant in this particular case is to a person. And part of the way they did that, and I'm sure you probably read this as well, is looking at whether or not um, the elephants are self-aware, for one example. Happy apparently uh, became the first elephant to pass what they call a self-awareness indicator test, reportedly touching um, uh, on more than one occasion a white X on her forehead as she looked into a large mirror. I just think that's fascinating because, you know, we, we know that other species have done that and recognize their own reflections. I've been reading about that for years. We've all got dogs and cats that can look in the mirror and see their reflections. But where is the litmus test between personhood and and being recognized as an animal and part of the animal kingdom and where do we go from elephants if in fact an elephant is classified at the very least for the facts of this case as a person
0: well and and then if this and the argument here is the elephant is being unjustly detained imprisoned if you will and if it is a person and it is decided that this elephant is a is granted personhood and has been unjustly detained will there be reparations and then where does the elephant go are they going to set the elephant free and does the elephant well, then remember the Bronx? That, right, the
1: non-human that the non-human rights project once happy moved from what they term her one acre prison at the zoo to a more spacious sanctuary and the rationale given there is they said kind of what you just said she wants to exercise her choices she wants to decide who to associate with where to go, what to eat, boy, that what kind of life would that be? People serve you your food. She maybe she make what's more of a choice. So those are some of the very usually human attributes that they're using as rationale for saying, look, we got to you know relocate her to a space where she can make more choices for herself.
0: I I, I just think have we fixed everything that needs to be fixed in New York. Uh, is that why we're at this point with this case? It's
1: an interesting <laughs> discussion, Mike. I'm glad we're having it. It's a very interesting discussion. And the articles that have broken this down, they're very, they're very detailed because it's a fascinating conversation that we're having about this.
0: Well, I just wonder what Grumpy the Elephant would have thought. Uh, Grumpy, of course, was Happy's mate in the Bronx Zoo for years and years and years, and I remember. has passed on now, so Grumpy doesn't get the shot at personhood. And if I'm asked, Wendy, if I am emperor at any point in this world, and I'm allowed to decide what would designate what we normally consider an animal to be a person, for me, it's not recognizing a dot on your forehead. That's not gonna be, not recognize yourself in the mirror. I, I, I default to Mr. Ed. If you can talk, if an animal can actually talk and have a conversation with me, then maybe I could go there. You know, even sign language. Was it Coco, the gorilla that that had the sign language? I might be able to accept that as a little higher level of, uh, of representation in the animal kingdom. Maybe not quite personhood. But if your animal can talk, then then I'm more maybe more open to it.
1: Well you said two things Mike you said can talk and then you said can have a conversation and i think the latter as you note has been illustrated with primates right i mean we we've seen cases and you you this up and we've actually uh, we know that there's some communication that's possible but I think the conversation piece um, we the a ways off from there and I know that a lot of animal rights advoca- advocates are, are really following this and, and actually thinking through some of the points that you and I have made um, if a, an elephant is a person then why aren't all animals people and where do we go from there you know that's this is what we would call a slippery slope in the law um, but on the other hand everybody loves animals so it's like we want to have this conversation, we want to, you know, look at the the legal precedent, but we also want to be very sensitive that everyone wants to make sure that animals are treated fairly. So to the extent this case is about that, I don't think anybody would argue that we want to make sure that Happy is comfortable in any environment that she ends up in.
0: That's true. That's true. And where is Michael Jackson's chimp Bubbles these days? That's the Bubbles. other question.
1: Bubbles, I remember Bubbles. That's right. We don't know where he is nowadays. But that's a great question.
0: Somewhere, Wendy, <laughs> in the archives, is a photo of me and Michael and Bubbles, and it's a it's a oh. it's a long story that we don't have time for today. Oh, what a tease! But what it, a tease! I would love to see that. I I have to see if. I, I can find that, but I, it was a, a crazy night in Kansas City, and, and I, I actually was staying on the same hotel room floor as Bubbles. Bubbles had his oh own boy. suite and a better room oh than boy. I had, which is, a again, a longer story. That I believe, that I
1: yeah.
0: believe Mike. <laughs> yeah, Bub, Bubbles was infinitely more talented. So, uh, Wendy, when do you think this case gets decided on Happy the Asian Elephant and whether or not she is conferred uh, with personhood upon her
1: well of course decision is expected in uh, the next couple of months and you know people that are watching this case say you know let's just say the court i mean obviously they're going to decide one way or the other but whichever way that goes that won't necessarily change the way society views animals. You know, sometimes cases are narrowly tailored to the facts before a particular court. So it might be hard to then generalize to, well, now all animals are people and everybody gets you're to know, release all the animals from the zoo. So you really have to look at the scope of this particular decision, regardless of which way it goes. And I can imagine you and I are going to be breaking it down and then having the same discussion thinking, okay, now what's next? Well if especially be having that discussion if this court finds that happy is entitled to many of the same privileges that people get. I mean, that might be a decision that under the under the facts and circumstances we could understand. You may remember we have this discussion now and then when it comes to releasing whales into the wild or the kinds of conditions that zoo animals are kept in. We're often looking at animals in the sense that we want to protect them and ensure they have as expansive as amount of rights as they can, although probably we would agree it's not necessarily commensurate with, with, with what we would do if we had a person in that same situation which of course we wouldn't we're talking about a zoo animal
0: that's true and all of this happening the same week that the uh, Ringling Brothers Barner and Bailey Circus has announced that they are completely animal free now it's it's now finished that there won't be animals anywhere involved in their circus when for decades and decades It was a different story, and I think that was related to how those animals were treated as those circuses traveled. And now, Wendy, I'm wondering, what about the dolphins the Russians were using in the Black Sea to protect their ships, to keep an eye out for mines and other things? Will we have to confer personhood upon those dolphins, too? This seems like this. Well, what about, Hmm?
1: yeah, and what about canines? I mean, what about the police canine unit? I mean, police dogs. I mean, you can think of all the ways in which we use animals to complement the types of chores that we use as humans. I mean, you got the drug dogs sniffing baggage at the airport. We could go on and on. Cadaver dogs are solving crimes by leading us to bodies. I mean, there are so many ways in which we incorporate the the really the talent that that animals have in so many different areas. You just mentioned a couple of them. Um, We could go on and on, but I think that sort of generates the discussion to begin with, is we recognize the value, the inherent value that so many different kinds of animals have. It's really a fascinating conversation, but you also mentioned Ringling Brothers. I remember growing up with the circus, and I would never have thought back then Um, That fast forward, I'm not going to tell you how many years, we reveal my age on air, but fast forward, let's just say decades, we would, as you mentioned, be completely animal free. I think that's really been a sign of the times. And that rationale may drive some of the court's decision making in cases like this.
0: I'm sure it'll be brought up and we will follow it uh, until such time. Everyone needs to watch the Disney. I think it was Disney classic Madagascar and uh, see about all the animals getting released. It's a cartoon from the zoo. Uh, One more quick animal question, Wendy. I read a story today about a Florida woman. I know you think, uh uh-oh, Florida woman story. A Florida woman who was driving and the police were chasing her, trying to get her to stop. It was a routine traffic stop, apparently. And she threw a snake out the window at the police car. Now, later we discovered it was a a plastic snake, a rubber snake, a fake snake, if you will. And I'm wondering, if you throw a snake out of the window at a cop who's trying to get you to pull over, is a fake snake less of a charge than a real snake? Well, I'll tell you, I
1: think a real snake is more dangerous. (laughs) Sure. Um, I would say... Yes, I I would say that, you know, when we think about assaults with deadly weapons, for example, there has to be something that's a deadly weapon. I think that your hypothetical or your story or the news report is very interesting, and it sounds like something you and I should queue up for further discussion. Because I'll tell you what, you know, an assault is uh, putting somebody in imminent harm in terms of their apprehension of a battery. I wouldn't want to see what looks like a snake coming at my car, <laughs> whether or not it ended up being made of rubber or the real thing.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on it. I just thought it was kind of a kooky story in keeping with the animal theme of today's discussion. Her name is Wendy Patrick. You can find her on Twitter. You can find her wherever I am on the radio. It's great stuff that she writes also for Psychology Today, and I maybe this at uh, this elephant story will spark a conversation for your your psychology today reports to wendy god only oh, knows you
1: bet already <laughs> has thank you for bringing it up
0: always always my friend thank you i hope to talk to you soon
1: thanks mike